I was supposed to tell this story about how Kane had this girlfriend that he killed in a car crash. And it was just insane. And it ends up, I'm at a funeral home with a dummy in a coffin. Oh, my God. With Kane's mask on, pretending I'm Kane. I'm on top of the coffin having mock sex with this mannequin. Oh, my God, no. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. And, And Vince is yelling at me. God damn it! And do it harder. Make more noise and stuff. It's got to be over the top. I really did. I screwed your brains out. Thanks. So, what is the last wrestling content that you saw before you did this show? Last wrestling content. What was the last uh, wrestling just. Program. Program. Okay. Uh, well, I was reading a little bit of, of Melcher, just some headlines on his page, and then I, I looked at a little bit of uh, ProWrestling.com, and then uh, last night around midnight, I, I, I was working last night, so about midnight, I think it was, um, I started watching SmackDown, or at least uh, you know, you know, rolled through the you know the good parts, what it looked like. But that's that? in the last twelve hours or so. That's what I. This morning I was watching. What did I watch? I watched. Uh, CM Punk against Undertaker from that WrestleMania in New York. Wow. Uh, and then I just got through watching Money in the Bank, CM Punk against Daniel Bryan. Which got me to thinking wow. two things. First of all, so, I, th- I think CM Punk is in my top three favorite wrestlers of all time now. Ooh. Okay. I want you to, that, gives me I want some, you to- that gives me some ammunition for, for the next gift-giving event. <laughs> I think he's in my top three. And the other thing that I wanted you to think about while we go into our stories about Larry King and, and Hank Aaron, I want you to think about your top three of all time and then think of your favorite wrestler from the 80s, the 90s, the aughts, and the teens. Each decade. Lordy, lordy, lordy. I want you to think about those. Well, can I ask a quick question? Uh, can, sure. it, can it be the same person? Like, in it, the can. Same- it, it can. It, it, if, if, if they were like, if, if you think, for example – like you could use the rock for the nineties and the aughts. If you felt okay, like the okay. rock was that guy, you would, you, you should be able gotcha. to do that for sure. Or if you felt gotcha. like, for example, uh, Chris Jericho was your guy for the aughts and the teens. You could do that. Okay. Or, okay. Or if you, or if you felt that Richard Morgan Fleer was the eighties and the nineties, you could do that. You could do, I mean, those, those that would be acceptable. Okay. The only, the only Larry King story that I have is that when I was, you know, we we've talked about this many times. You and I grew up as radio geeks and we were listening to everything and blah 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 yada yada yada. And the station that carried the Larry King overnight show, people people may not even know this who were listening to us before Larry King was on television and became kind of a goofball. He was he had a great radio show. Yes. And it started out of the Mutual Network and it was overnight programming for AM radio stations across America. Um and it even started before the fairness doctrine was was appealed, and talk radio became like a viable format and all this other shit. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was worth listening to. In other words, I think when he started, he did six hours, and they used to have these tapes of him falling asleep around four thirty or five. It was a lot of it was a lot of radio to do. I think he did six hours at first. Now, eventually, they pared it down to two. First hour, yeah. he always have a guest, and then usually maybe second hour, he might have a guest, but that last hour was always Open Lines America, right? Open Lines America, yep, yep. And it was on-screen phone calls. They would get him in, boom, you were there, and it would be – it was it was great. So I, I called in to that show a, a few times, more than once, making various things, and I don't know if I ever talked to a guest, but I certainly talked to him. Now, 
the corollary to this story is that I actually pranked him when. Oh God, who was the guy who was known as the Prince of Darkness? He was one of the uh, the political guy. Let me Google it real quick. Evans, I think it was Robert Novak. Not sure. Is that the guy. Let me see. I think that was, yeah, the Prince of Darkness, Robert Novak. Evans and Novak. Remember the show? It was a political show that was on. So Novak's uh, hosting a show one. one time, and Jesse Helms is the guest. Okay. And this was a famous edition of Larry King Live because they ended up, somebody called in to the show and said, thank you to Jesse Helms for helping to keep the N-words down. They used the actual word on the air. This would have been 1990. Hey. Golly jeepers, this would have been 1995. Yeah, nine, 1995, okay? Not, not 55, 95. Which Senator Helms went, thank you, uh, I think. But then they went into some sort of dissertation about how it was. <laughs> thank you. That was unacceptable, and Jesse Helms, God. the biggest thing that he ever got as a boy was when he, he used that word, and his dad whipped the shit out of him, okay? So it's not an acceptable, even though, you know, whatever. Right, right, right. I called into this show and I posed a, a question. I was going to ask him because I this is this was my thinking. Mm-hmm. I was on CNN International, right? International yeah. Television. Right, right, right. And I I thought well somebody's going to ask him about like the big three, which is always with Jesse Helms THC tobacco, homosexuals, Cuba, THC. That was always the Jesse Helms format. Yeah. I thought somebody's going to get tobacco. Somebody's going to get homosexuals. I'm going to go for Cuba. So I posed to the screener. I said, I'm talking about Cuba. When I got on the air, I said, there's these two liberals here at the beach. who keep talking about you. And it's it's these people at the Hot FM, which was the station we were on. And I got on the air for a second before they knocked me off. So it went out live to international television. And I got it. I had it on tape somewhere. And it aired all over the place. And I got big kudos from people in the business that I loved back in 1995. So That's that was awesome. That's but the real Larry King story is that I would call into a show, and I remember one time going open line America. I'm like asking him something, and he goes, "What do you think of me?" And I went, "Oh, I, I love you, Larry. I want you to have my children." He goes, "Ah, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> so I how old him. are you, kid?" I cracked him up. He thought it was hilarious. That's I'm awesome. Like I don't or, think you told me that one. That's funny. I'm like 19 or 20 years old listening to him on that WKW station, which, you know, can be heard about as far as I can take a piss. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Larry. I want to have your children. <laughs> <laughs> our, our joke about Larry King was always like when somebody would die, it didn't matter who it was, like, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. Like George George Harrison dies. He would have the show on. He'd have the show about George Harrison, and he have a guest on. Go, All right, why was he so great? He was whatever guest they like. Eric <laughs> Eric Clapton, I guess. We're talking about the late George Harrison. Eric, why was he so great? <laughs> Ger- Gerald Ford would die, and they would have Madeline Albright on, or Alexander Haig, or somebody. Al Haig on talking about the late President Gerald Ford. Why was he so great? <laughs> so there was, there was a million, but he was, you have to understand people like now, because he became a parody of himself after a while, but that radio show was really yeah. good. That radio oh, show dude, was very, I, very good. I, I think I told you when I worked at um, SJS, the, yeah. right after, I don't know, it was like 93-ish. Yeah. I was, the very first job I had there was running Running Larry overnight. That's a, that was the first job for a lot of people in radio. Oh, okay. That was like their first gig was doing that. Yeah. And were you were you like me? Were you like when when Jim Bohannon came on? Were you like, God, 
I know. Oh, it's it a fucking downer. It really was. It was such a letdown. I mean, he was good in his own way or whatever, but I just, you know, you, you tune in to listen to King, man, you know? And he would always tell these fucking Miami stories and shit like that. Oh, my. Right? Oh, I was always yes. telling these stories about these, these delis in Miami and all this. Yes. Delhi stories. Oh, my God. Yeah. All, all the time. All right. What, what is your Hank Aaron story? Because the, the true home run king. Don't even tell me about anybody else. Don't tell me about uh, about Barry Bonds or Hasada Hara. No. Or There's only one home run king. <laughs> and that's Hank Aaron. And he left this planet uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, well, it's not as – I don't know. Your, yours. You, I think yours tops mine. Uh, so I probably should have gone first, but um, <laughs> I'm a big one upper usually. So. That's no, my, it's just my gimmick. <laughs> Brad Crant's line too. Nah, that, there he is. There's uh, there, the, uh, hey, Brad. The um, time one upper. <laughs> my man. Uh, but I, this is when I lived in Atlanta. Actually, I'll back up just a tad. I worked at a place in Winston Salem called the the Piedmont Club back okay. in back in the eighties, mid eighties or so. And I you know, it was a fine dining place. You had to be a member and all that stuff. So they had places that the the parent company, whoever they were, that owned places across the country. So my roommate at the time here, or in Winston-Salem, rather, wanted to move uh, to Atlanta for whatever reason. I can't remember. And I'm like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do? So I started talking to people at work. And I said, okay, let's move to Atlanta. You can go to Atlanta. We got a Ravinia club down there. We It's our parent company. You just transfer. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. That's what you, that's what you were going to do? That was the plan? Well, yeah, yeah. So I was just going to transfer and do the same thing, except it, 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 I was just going to do it at the Ravinia Club in Atlanta instead okay. of the Piedmont Club in Winston-Salem. So it kind of worked out nicely. Not my, you know, I didn't want to do that for my life, you know, life career or nothing, but that was yeah, just, but it was a, it was a thing. It, it was a, a term. It was a gig. Yeah, yeah. 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 I had a, you know, so we moved down there. So I'm working at the Ravinia Club and, uh, I'm working a lunch one day and I'm, I'm waiting tables, you know, and you got my, my, my white lunch jacket on. We wore white jackets for lunch, black for dinner. So I have my whole white jacket on and I go up and it's <clears throat> Hank Aaron and some guy, some middle-aged dude at a two table, two top table. And I'm looking and I'm like, um, Hmm. You know, what do I say here? You know, I, 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 cause I was like, you know, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I can go in there and have this spiel that I give everybody that comes in that has a billion dollars that came yeah, into this place. Fuck, fuck yeah. You know, so I, ah, dang. So I'm sitting there face to face with this legend and, and I'm like, okay. So I'll just play it cool. You know, I'm, I'm going to act like I know who you are. But I'm not going to ask you any questions. You know, but I wasn't supposed to do that anyway, even though I was gorging. It was right there, dude. You're it was right there at the top of my throat to ask him something. I don't know what it was. But I was like, oh, my God. You know, so anyway, so I play it cool, you know, and I act like I, you know, knew who he was, but played it off and and never got an autograph or anything like that. So. Uh, and you know, he was very cordial, very nice guy. Just like everybody you hear say he was just unassuming. If you honestly, God, if you didn't know who he was, you probably wouldn't have known he was a, the person freak, he was. You know, I would have freaked out. Honestly, I would. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm, 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 I'm thank you for saying that because I, I was just, I felt stupid, but at the same time, I'm like, I was proud of myself for not, yeah. you know, geeking out, you know, oh God, for all kinds of reasons. Holy shit. Do you know you're Hank Aaron? Oh my God. <laughs> I love you. You know, like shit like that. 
Yeah, well, I'd have probably been lost my job for one thing, but oh, you know, yeah. but you know, just being embarrassed after that for secondly, but yeah, so just a, a little asterisk, I guess, to this story was later on. Um, by the way, he was like one of the board members at the Ravinia okay. Club, obviously, you know, Atlanta, da da da. So he was like one of the big big dogs there. So his wife wanted to throw him a birthday party one night, right? And reserve the club for a, a Hank Aaron birthday party. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm working this motherfucker. You know, I, I'm going to work this. Absolutely. I don't care who I have to bump out of this motherfucker. I'm working this motherfucker. a boy. So I did, of course. You know, I, I, that was pretty easy because I was like the only – okay, here's the thing. I was like the only sports person there, I think, you know, people knew like Hank Aaron, some people he's like, he, he transcended sports. So people knew who he was, of course. Yes. You know, that didn't know sports. So Absolutely. I, so when they said Hank Aaron's birthday party, people are like, you know, whatever, you know, Hank Aaron. But I'm thinking, all right, who in the hell's going to be at this party, man? You know, is fucking Reggie Jackson going to be here? Is fucking, anybody, you know, Dale anybody, Murphy. anybody, it could be fucking anybody in the history of baseball that was still breathing. Could Two have been at this MVP of the national league. Dale Murphy might've been there. You have no yeah, idea. So easily could have been there. That That's anybody from the Braves, of course, you know? So I'm thinking this is going to be great. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm so ready for this thing to start. And and people started coming in. I'm like, okay, I don't know these people. I don't know that person. Okay, okay, it's just a couple people. All right, here comes some more people. I, eh, I don't think I know that person. I, I don't think I know that person. Well, it, it, everybody, it kept going, it kept going. And I'm like, I don't think I know a fucking person here. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who was there, but I, let me just say this. It was some, if, if anybody famous was there, I certainly didn't recognize them, but I feel certain I would have recognized them. You know, um, I guess it was just unassuming players or people in the, it might not have been people from baseball for all I know. I don't know who all was there really. I, Cause I didn't have a list of names or anything like that, you know? So I, I wish I did. That would have been great, but, but yeah, that was uh that's the big Hank Aaron story, but yeah, that was uh and you know, that was fun that night. I didn't really talk to him that much as much that night. Um, like I did when I waited on him, but that was my brush with greatness, man. Uh, Rest in old, peace, my man. David Letterman brush with greatness. Fantastic. Whew. So, but it was worth it, man. It was worth it. It was worth the heartache of the rest of the time working at the Ravinia Club. This is where I bring my broadcast skills to full fruition. You want me to, see, you want me to tie this whole fucking thing together? You do it. A couple of weeks ago. Well, hang on a second. I remember Hank Aaron telling this story when he was in the Negro Leagues, and they're going around in these buses, and they're going to all these little shit towns, and it's long bus rides and all this shit, and they had one kid on the bus. And he would sing while he was on the bus. Guy could sing his ass off. Couldn't play baseball that well. Do you know what? You know where I'm going with this story? Mm-mm. When, when, what time of life did you say this was in his well, life? Well, he was this period of his life, probably in the 40s. You said think. in the 40s, okay? So because I don't okay. think because he you know he was with the Braves in the 50s. So he's in the with the, in the Negro leagues. He's hanging out, and there's this guy. Negro leagues. That's right. You said that. I'm sorry. And they're hanging out, and there's this dude. And I think the guy was an outfielder. He would just sing his ass off. Right. And that guy turned out to be Charlie Pride. Whoa, what? Who we lost, who we lost just a couple of weeks ago to COVID. So okay, and I got a question. I don't know if you know this or the answer to this, but is he any relation to Curtis Pride? I don't believe that they were I don't believe that they were related. Because you know, he was deaf, oddly correct. enough. That's correct. Charlie Pride, one of the purest voices in country music history. 
died from COVID. Love Charlie and Pride, shortly yeah. after he performed at the one of those CMA deals, and they were like, "Well, why did you have that guy?" And then he died, and then it was. But then uh, they, of course, defended themselves greatly with all that, and we're still going through all of that right now. Yeah. Man, did you see Julio passed away this morning? I, I saw that. that. <laughs> the great Julio from San Francisco. Oh. I don't want any Puerto Ricans in my house. But, but Mr. Stanford. Mr. Stanford. Hey, hey, Mr. Stanford. He was always so nice to Fred. Fred was always shitting on him. He, all the time, man. He was so nice to him. Fred would like grab his, you know, having a heart attack. Shit. <laughs> That's what I call Stanley, Mister Stanford. Sometimes, like, like Julio, <laughs> Mister Stanford, come here. Oh, our favorite wrestlers from the eighties, the nineties, the aughts, and the teens. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. My favorite wrestler from the 80s is very, very obvious. You could probably guess this one, so you should go ahead and just say because I think you're going to have the same one that I do. That would be Richard Morgan Fleer. I think the would be the one. <laughs> I don't even think that it was, you know, there were some number twos, but they didn't, you know. I think that, but that would be like most people would say if they're in the second place, it would be Hulk Hogan, right? Uh, are we going like, did you, no, no, wait a minute. You say favorite wrestler or favorite. most. Favorites. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, I don't. I was never a big Hogan person. I, like, I mean, he. I liked him, but I wasn't like all Hogan. You know, I, I saw the point. And I liked him, and I was. You know, I don't know if I was ever. Oh, a honestly, media. yeah. Okay. Okay. But I just I didn't realize. I didn't know that. I didn't know he was a number two for you back then. He, he might. As far as the, I would. I. I would also. If if there was a number two for me in the eighties, it might have probably been Steamboat. Yeah, Steamboat. Accept. I would accept some of the following answers. I would accept for the eighties. Randy Savage. Randy Savage would be an acceptable answer for me. I also might accept Jerry Lawler as an acceptable answer for me during for the eighties. If for people who are big Memphians and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry Lawler. That would be acceptable answers. Um I, I, I don't know who else might I just never on. saw Jerry Lawler much in the eighties. I'm I don't know about you, but you know well, we were that, deprived. The whole the whole Kaufman angle was as much as we would have come close. Right, to, right, right. With, the, him getting him slapping the shit out of Andy Kaufman on the letter, but he comes across as being an asshole, really, kind of, you know. But I, I don't know, I don't know, whatever. But I just I, that's the only thing I remember him for, really, in the eighties. I would accept some of the aficionados of wrestling might consider Terry <laughs> Funk as uh, an eighties as the number one guy of the eighties, but I, I, I think to me it's Richard Morgan Fleer for everything that he did and for his elevation and what he did into making Starcade into the, the huge thing and making that the first real pay-per-view, if you will, even though it wasn't a pay-per-view, it was on closed circuit television and all that stuff, um, turning Starcade into a thing and turning the NWA into a thing and all of that stuff. I think it's, it's, it's easily Richard Morgan Fleer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we're going to just pure favorite, you know, if we're going to just pure favorite wrestler, you know, I'm going to say Pillman, you know, for the eighties, for the eighties, yeah, that's interesting. And and, and and through the nine, at least part through the nineties. That's interesting. That's that, I like that answer though. That's a real. Interesting I've always answer. liked him. He's always I don't know. He's just ever since I, I think I told you, man. I, it's yeah. I, I always go back to. I never knew who the hell he was until they said coming next week or coming soon to Mid Atlantic. It's Brian Pillman. I'm like, who the hell is Brian Pillman? And he played. You know, they say he played for the Bengals. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, that's cool. And then they showed that. 
the flying Brian days. You were you were the flying Brian days when they showed the video of they played Rocket in the background by Def Leppard, and it showed him flying in the helicopter. Come on, yeah, it was badass, man. I'm like, oh man, this dude looks pretty sweet. And so you know, I just kind of followed him after that, and of course we we all know how that turned out, but still. um, Still, that, yeah. That's the dark side of the ring. You should be able to. You should, you're going to be there right night one, right? Isn't that? God gonna dang, be, man! I can't wait. I, I'm. I, it's. It's almost bittersweet, man. I can't wait to watch it, but it's kind of like you with Eddie Guerrero, almost, man. It's it like is, it, I. I, I, I want to watch it, but it's like I, it's going to be tough, man. You know. Um. What is your answer for the wrestler of the '90s? Your favorite of the '90s? Uh. I. You know. That's tough because the '90s kind of were almost two different decades for me. Um, and the reason I say that is because half that first half was, you know, dealing with the military and, uh, and I didn't get to see it as much. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of out of the loop a lot. So I, I, I can't really, your life changed massively between 1991 and 1999. It did. It did. Yeah. You were, you became a father and all that stuff. Yeah. So I, it, it's, it's hard to pinpoint one, but I, I would probably during the nineties, gosh, cause that was like the, you know, especially the end of the nineties was the nitro raw thing. And it was huge. Yeah. That was a big deal. That was, that was the dominant fight of the nineties in wrestling. And then WCW nearly died in the early part of the decade and suffered through, you know, yeah. the entire wrestling industry was, was, was just powder in the early nineties, Vince and his trial and all of that stuff. So there was, mm-hmm. there was a lot of stuff that happened. It was a really decisive. And then EC, the rise of ECW in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's true. Which we're Smoky now, Mountain, yeah, shit. The, the um, rise and fall of Smoky Mountain wrestling during the 1990s, the emergence of what we call now as the independent wrestling scene. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff happened during the 1990s. See that, you know, Smoky Mountain wrestling would be a good dark side of the ring. It's not, you know, completely, you know, off the hinges like some of them. <laughs> but you know, there's some darkness there. Are there, are um, there any, but, any tragedies I, other than Cornette nearly killing several people? <laughs> Well, I, is that enough? Uh, that's, every, uh, that's every decade. <laughs> yeah, we can, go, we can go back on that if you want to. We can expand. Uh, oh, I man. Almost, I, I almost for the 90s said Rob Van Dam, just for the record. I almost said Really, almost really, Rob really. Because I really enjoyed him a lot, and I thought he was a great performer during the 1990s. You know, I'm going to have to go. Mm. Man, I might have to go with Flair again. Wow. Because okay. I'm thinking, I, I'm just doing quick things in my head, thinking, okay, first part, you know, when I was talking about I, I went the first part of the 90s, I mainly watched WCW. That's what I had access to most of the time. I, I didn't watch a lot of WWE or WWF, whatever they were back then. So um, that's part of it. And then I started watching both as it became, you know, as I became able to i guess so i don't know i would have to say flair because nobody else really sticks out to me specifically in the 90s we said rob van dam and that's a good one i didn't really think of him but you know there's a there's an obvious answer here and i'll get to it in a minute but to to support what you said the 1992 royal rumble the rick flair promo with a tear in my eye spends that year in world wrestling federation he comes back to wcw and they go through several machinations several reformations of of the four horsemen, all, all of those things. He goes through, geez, terrible times when he, he has extreme anxiety, thinks he's going to die. They want to cut his hair and turn him into Spartacus. All of that. Yeah. In the 90s. And he ends up obviously 
later on wrestling in the in the final episode of Nitro? I believe the correct answer, and, and as they would say on the match game, the definitive answer is Stone Cold Steve Austin. I almost said him. Stone Cold Steve Austin would, would have been I, – I, I think it's an easy one. It's a pedestrian, but I also think that he, he changed the business. He saved the company in a lot of ways. I, I think it would be accept, – acceptable answers include The Rock and The Undertaker. I think those are both acceptable answers. Um, I would See, also – I think more of them is, is for the aughts. In the early aughts. That's that's also, I think you make a great point there. That might be a way to go. If somebody wanted to argue Shane Douglas, I I might be open to that's for the hardcores. That's for the hardcores. hardcores. I would I would probably be open to that. Um but I think those are the the obvious ones. Some people, huge WCW marks, might say Goldberg. It might be a thing. Also maybe, maybe. The Hogan turn happened, and Hogan drew, drew a lot of money as a heel in the '90s as well. So you can make the, you can you can make the uh, argument that that Hulk Hogan in the 1990s. I don't know. I was into that, but I was not a Hogan fan. I was never a fan. You know, I was I, I wouldn't put him up there as you know who who I liked and who did something like that. I because I was just as much as I you know, like I said I was I was into that and and you know it had me glued. I just, I just never was a Hogan fan. Your favorite wrestler of the aughts? Okay, now that's when we're going. I was going to go with Stone Cold and and The Rock with a little asterisk because I mean, God dang, to me that was I, I, you, the way you thought of the nineties is the way I thought of the aughts, kind of. Yes. And I know they didn't really drag on into the late aughts uh, necessarily, but the early and maybe the mid aughts, uh, I would say. I would say Stone Cold overall, but The Rock just right, just below him. Now this is where I easily go with Eddie Guerrero. Eduardo, uh, Eduardo I figured Guerrero that was going. Was like <laughs> I mean, that's that's an easy one. And honestly, if people were being completely completely honest about it, they might have put Chris Benoit in that category. If everything had happened that happened, yeah, didn't happen, Chris Benoit would have probably been a lot of people's choice for the odds. Um, I think Rey Mysterio would be a guy that would be right up there with a lot of for a lot of people. For well, what about Edge? Edge had a great aughts. You'd have to say that that was a big that was a big deal during that that particular time. I mean, he he kind of went from lower mid card to you know main event basically. I, would, I wouldn't blame a soul if they said AJ Styles for the no no no. That guy was amazing in TNA and would never got his due. Of course, obviously now, as we are in the you know the third decade, I guess of the century, he is being recognized and has been for a little while as being you know tremendous as a performer and stuff. But yeah, Eddie, Eddie Guerrero is my choice for the odds. Yeah, that's uh, I, I yeah, I don't blame you. What about the teens? What, what who is your favorite for the teens? Well, so we could argue AJ on this one. Um, Absolutely, that's another that's another great argument for uh, Alan Jones Styles. I think, and 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 I, you know, I may even say him as far as like being favorite and somebody mm-hmm. who's you know got a nice little resume for the for the teens. Uh, it's you know, I think there's several choices, dude. Uh, you know, um, this is where the business- we can go Drew McIntyre really if you wanted to for the, for the teens. I think. The- this is where you see the business change, and this is where you see right. completely the influence of what we call the independent scene really starting to come to fruition. Because I think for the teens, some people might say Daniel Bryan. 
Oh God, yeah, yeah. I would say that there there's no question that that's a that's a legitimate choice. If somebody said that, I would not argue that for one moment. My choice would be CM Punk. CM Punk is my guy for the teens. Yeah, yeah. I I'm I'm gonna have to stick with AJ. I think I mean, I, I like all those, but I, I I like how AJ has finally got his due. Basically, you know, not saying that the WWE is that be all end all, but he gets at least by getting on there. People know more people knew who he was. A lot of people knew who he was coming in, of course, but a lot more people knew who he was once he got to WWE and especially established why they got him. Basically, you know, established who he was. So. I just like the little journey he's been on and finally kind of getting his due, almost like Samoa Joe. And I, you know, I, I, and I feel bad about Samoa Joe a lot of times when I see him sitting over there at the damn announce table. I'm like, God dang, just get in the ring. I, I, I don't, but, you know, but I'm going to go with AJ. Uh, I just, I, I, after you said CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, and, and I've, I've thought of a, who else did I think of? Like a Drew McIntyre, I thought he kind of the same way. Drew McIntyre kind of a comeback deal, you this know. He's kind of this one's going to be very unpopular with you. Yeah. I, I think Brock Lesnar deserves some consideration for this. Oh one. no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Unfortunately, I have to say, no. That guy deserves. I mean, as far as impact and shit like that, and hold yeah. and you know the resume, the titles, and yeah, shit. I think he, I, I'm just not a fan. Just kind of like Hogan. I'm just not. You know, it's the same situation. I do see a lot of wrestlers talking good stuff about Brock Lesnar, so he might be a pretty good guy. So I don't know. It's hard to say, you know, I, I can't tell from behind the scenes. He seems, I don't know if he's an, a humble guy or, or what he is. I know he's a, he seems guy. like it. That's the impression I get from other I mean, people's, you know, tweets and stuff. This, this would be interesting to see, because this is the decade that is most near and dear to us right now. So it's difficult for us to kind of look at like this with any kind of reflection, you know? All right. Let me see what's, let me see as we look through some of the WrestleManias of the 2010. You know, John Cena, we, we did not mention John Cena, and you might have to say John Cena may be the wrestler of the 2010s. He might have been, but again, I was never a fan of Cena. The only time I was somewhat of a fan of Cena was that very first time, and I saw live, and I think you did, and a lot of, a lot of other people did, when uh, the whole Kurt Angle thing, the, the, the aggressive shit. Here's another guy that we left out of the 90s, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. I thought about him, but again, I'm just not a Shawn Michaels fan. I so I just kind of. Right? Wee! Wee! I can't, I can't deal with it whatsoever. Um, but yeah, you would have to say, and we didn't mention The Undertaker, although The Undertaker could have been used for either the 90s or the aughts, either one. Oh, yeah. I thought, I did think about him for the one of those 90s or aughts, yeah. That's that is that's that's an interesting exercise to kind of go through. Boy, when you sit here on the whim, definitely. Wow, it, it puts your brain to work for sure. So who's your who are your who are your top three? I think it might might apparently uh, overall. No, 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 I mean, make sure the what what the credentials are here. Are, are we talking just overall favorite or kind of like your, what we're doing? Like your three guys, because there, there was a movie that Chris Rock put out several years ago called Top Five, and it just goes with the idea that you go up to anybody and you can you can tell your five favorite rappers of all time. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Who, I remember that movie. Remember that movie, and you would have to mm-hmm. name. By the way, who are your top five favorite rappers of all time? Just off the Don't. top of your head. I'll go ahead. And oh, go oh, I, I, go ahead. You go first. Chuck D, LL Cool J. I'll go Jay Z, uh, Childish Gambino, mm-hmm. and at number five, I'm not really sure, but I'm just going to say off the top of my head since I'm really into this guy right now is a guy named Rhymefest out of Chicago. 
Okay. I like, I like Rhymefest a lot. Those are my top five. Yeah, I'm going to go with um, – uh, I like I – like, by everybody in NWA, but I'll just I'll, I'll I'll just say I'll just say Dre. You got Dre? I had a cube. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, uh, but I like cube. But cubes kind of pissed me off lately. So I don't really, know. oh, because of the whole association. With yeah, Trump. just come on, man. It was a weak association but, with Trump, though. Yeah, that's true. But I, I do like cube. I, I like, but I like all the NWA dudes and uh, uh, Eminem. Uh, oh, I like a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who else? Uh, LL. You said LL and Childish Gambino. I can't believe you said that. That's awesome. So, you love so Childish? Like, yeah. Hell yeah. That dude, that dude is so fucking talented, right? He's so under. He's under the radar still. I mean, people that know him like him, but it's like Donald Glover is just sick with talent. I mean, just eat up with talent that dude is. He's awesome. I love. He's him. crazy. And you know who else I'm liking now, and you're because I'm, I'm starting to expand my. I don't know, realm of music likability or whatever you want to call it. And, and cause a lot of stuff that's out there now, and you're, you're, you're real good about listening to music that's out there now. And I'm, and I'm not, I don't, I try. And I think I've tried in the past and I've just been so disappointed. I've just kind of given up. Gave up. Yeah. But my, my daughter kept telling me to listen to the weekend. And I know people, oh, yeah. some people don't like the weekend, but God dang, man, I love the weekend. He's great. Dude is awesome. He's vocally, he sound. there's like one, I, that I feel it coming song. He sounds exactly like Michael Jackson in that song to me. I have to go listen Stick to that again. Okay. He, he sounds like Michael Jackson. Wow. Yeah, but I can see how he does sound like Michael Jackson. Huh? So who's your top three wrestlers? All right. Overall, uh, two of them I've already mentioned. It's pretty. It's pretty easy. Um, Flair and Pillman. But yeah. overall, if we're going over overall, I, I would say Pillman Flair, just okay. because personal like you know that's i just like him in the ring he and all that shit. Guy, right he was my man and but flair is like right there man because I, I grew up with rick flair from the time oh, i course. started watching wrestling of course you know till now basically it would be uh, weird. The, it, it wouldn't it be it, it must be weird for people who were watching mid-atlantic before us or who were in the mid-atlantic like it, it for us there was never a time when rick flair wasn't the guy Oh, I know. I know. That's so weird. It, it must be so weird for like them to have seen the ascendancy of this guy going up the charts and, and then he, the plane crash and everything. And then he becomes, you know, the man. He becomes like the, the Luthes of our generation or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, 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 I tell there you. Was, there was never a time when he wasn't the guy. It, it wasn't. And it's, it's and, and as much credit as he gets a lot of times, I think that what you just said – Kind of gets underrated sometimes. I you know? know. I know. I mean, as as weird as that may sound, I, th- I you, you really can't put it in perspective until you really start thinking back on that shit. You know, like there there are some people who grew up and like <clears throat> they can remember a time when there was no Beatles. You know, there was yeah. like, there was all there was other stuff. Then all of a sudden, this, this Beatles group came on. For and for another generation, it's like there was never a time when the Beatles weren't like the greatest band. Yeah, there was never that just never occurred. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I and speaking of that, I think sometimes like when I'm you know when I can remember growing maybe twelve thirteen years old, which was maybe around eighty nineteen eighty ish, and I would think back you know that the Beatles were still a group like twelve years before that, mm-hmm. just twelve years before that you exactly. know, but it seemed like they were a group 
50 years before that back like, then. Think about, you know? think about 12 years beyond, like 12 years like past beyond where we are right now. It's like 2009. That's yeah, like no exactly. Time. That's nothing. That's no time ago. Like That's so crazy to like, me, man, to Barack think like Obama that. Obama became president in 2009. I, I, I know. Oh Isn't God. it weird? That, that just blows my mind. But I, yeah, I, yeah. I got, my, I got my first, like I signed up for Facebook in 2008. Like I got my, my Facebook <laughs> yeah. like April yes. So I mean, it's like it's like no time ago at all. But like <laughs> I know, so and twelve weird. years before I'm you know listening to all this music that was out in 1980 or whatever the fucking Beatles were a group, and it God, yeah, just so strange. trips me out. But uh, but the number three, you know, I'm sitting here thinking while we're talking at the same time, and and it's hard, but um, and but it's uh, God, that's so hard. Uh. You know, this this is kind of off the wall, but it's somebody that I, I was just talking to our boy Colton about recently, and 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 I'm like, you know, I was a pretty big fan of his, and I started thinking that I was more of a fan than I thought is a uh, Carrie Von Eric, and I know a lot of people kind of like, mm, really, uh, the but, modern day warrior Carrie Von Eric. But let me let me say this: I was not as much of a fan as of him in the WWE or WWF as I was. was oh my God. Yeah. No, text tornado stuff. I, I didn't. With, with very but, few exceptions, you're ever going to say, and they really, they really got great when they went to the WWE. Like Austin would be the exception. Although Stunning the exception Austin was great. Oh my God. He was fantastic in WCW. Yeah. And that the Hollywood was, Blondes were an amazing tag team. Oh my God. Come on, man. The Hollywood Blondes were just so, and it's it's so indicative of the problem of WCW that they ended up just breaking those guys up, right? That just tells you everything you need to know about that fucking promotion. I mean, shit, it's, it's getting over. We got to get rid of that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's essentially what it was, right? <laughs> it sounds familiar. It's so funny, but but yeah, I know, and, and that's really off the top of my head. There's probably others. If I sit here and think, you know, I could probably move them up, but just sheerly off the top of my head, I've always been a Carrie Von Eric fan. But again, that that goes back to. You know, back in the Texas days, it wasn't necessarily as much in the WWE, but I did like him then. I just didn't like what they did with him then. And, you know, of course, his downfall from, you know, everything. So my top three in, in and it would be in order. Number one is Flair. Number two mm-hmm. is Guerrero. Number three is Punk. That's so easy. If Punk would have ever, ever wrestled Guerrero, holy shit, I would, I would have died. That would have been just so amazing. Yeah. Now, now, I will say Punk would probably be in my top five. If we went five, yeah. I would say he would be four or five. Quick, uh, quickly name your top three favorite tag teams of all time because I can easily do that too. Okay, I'm gonna go way back for one of them for sure. Okay, is uh, Steamboat and Youngblood. I, okay, that was that's awesome. I, I love that damn tag team. Um, it's like they've gotten recently they've gotten a lot more respect and stuff because they have been overlooked for a long time. But yes, amazing tag team, wonderful babyface tag team. Oh my god, just just the the best. Uh, the Rock and Roll Express. I gotta okay. I gotta gotta give it to him. You know, I wasn't. It's hard to like them when all the girlies and all you know, know cheering know. for them and stuff. But I'm like, I like these dudes, man. They're, their faces, but their heels to you. I know, right? Uh, uh, and and I'd have to go with the Road Warriors, man. Road Warriors always caught my eye. Um, I'm gonna go. I'll say Midnight's Rock and Roll. Uso. Midnight's. And, Those and Usos. Wow. Usos. Wow. Wow. I'll, I'll Modern day. day. I'll show love for the Usos all day long. And I think Bixen Span during that one pregame match a couple of years ago when they just tore it up, he was like, I'll just say it right now. Usos are better than the Young Bucks. 
And I'll, I'll oh. ride some Usos over the Young Bucks any day. Of I'll the take week. that. Yeah. Any day of the week. Now, just outside of my top three would be the Road Warriors for sure. That's the same um, with me in the Midnight Express. They're just outside the top three. You know, Sabu and Van Dam as a tag team were good, good as shit, dude. I just Honestly, never saw them a lot, man. I, you know, they were, those fuckers were good together, man. They were. I mean, they didn't work together a lot, but as a tag team, they rocked. They were. They were. Killing. Yeah, I've seen clips and videos and stuff, but I didn't watch it like you did, like back in the day. God, it was that was some that was some good ass shit, dude. No doubt. Yeah, it was it was hardcore for sure. Oh man, I love. Yeah, those. I'm trying to sit here and think um, of some like other like obscure kind of tag teams, but were likable and. You know, you, I could say the co-offs. I always, you know, was, I always like them. I, like, I mean, I like the Hart Foundation. I like the Rockers. They're fine, but you know, they just never. I like, see, I like the Rockers until I started finding out shit about them. Well, but the Rockers were basically just to rip off of the Rock and Roll Express. Of course, they were. I mean, just that, like that was, Demolition and the Road Warriors. Exactly, and and you know, Demolition for what they were were fine. I think. Right. I think Demolition was a better copy of the Road Warriors than the Rockers were of the Rock and Roll Express. Really, you think so? Me, I think they were they were better as a as a ripoff. Like, yeah, uh, uh, in their own thing. Then I think the Rockers were just like a week. And, and although you know, there are a lot of people who say if Janetti could have gotten his shit together, he could have been the guy. He could have been the man. Maybe now, he wasn't as political as Sean was, and he couldn't wield his power and, and getting buddy up with Triple H and all that shit. But Janetti, Janetti was a better. So there are some people tell you for a little bit there, especially in the early going, Janetti was the better worker of the two. Well, you know, I, I can see that. I, I can definitely see that. I've all, you know, it's, and then he started going out with underage girls. <laughs> that's a show killer right there. <laughs> it's kind of, and again, that goes back to Lawler. It's not a disqualifier with lawyers. Why we, no. But again, he can talk and talk and walk the walk and all that stuff. I'll say that if Jerry Lawler would have had social media back during the eighties, wow. He would have gotten mm-hmm. into a lot more. There would have been a lot more warrants on him than there. Boy, are. think of God. Just think of the people. Just not in just in wrestling, but just overall sports. You know, actors, everybody. If they had Twitter back then, what kind of fucking trouble they'd be in now? You know, oh, they're, or they're, if we we know even know who they were nowadays. You know, there's there's just no question that all kinds of shit would have been like so bad. Like uh, I don't. I'm not really sure I could love Kenny Stabler the way there would have been Twitter. Yeah, right. <laughs> Back in the 70s. I just don't know, and I'm glad there wasn't. But, you know, it would be funny if, like, like people, like guys back in the 70s and early 80s wrestling, or at least the ones that I grew up with, had Twitter, like Wahoo McDaniel, <laughs> Blackjack, Mulligan, like tweeting at each other. <laughs> <laughs> trying to keep it kayfabe and shit like that. Yeah, and then like Dino Bravo or somebody will like chime in or some shit, you know, just oh, out of the blue. You know, amazing. Like, that'd be amazing. What do you think of the WWE's announcement? They're going to have live human beings at WrestleMania this year. I don't know. I, why, I mean, if everybody else is, uh, you know, pro sports wise, why not? If they, if they do it right, I don't want them to look like, you know, talked about last week or whatever. I don't want it to look like the Tennessee Oilers or Tennessee Titans or whatever the fuck they're called now. Uh, and oh, yeah. Half that the stadium's bad. full. But Kansas City was just as bad, though. Kansas City was just as bad. Yes. Yeah, it's worse. Holy shit. Those guys are not good. As long as it's not like that, I mean, AEW's doing it. You know, they've got people up in the stands. Uh, so, you know, if, if they do it right, then okay. 
I mean, well, can't really say anything about it if we're going to not say anything about baseball and football and all that shit. You know? Meltzer says that inside WWE, the plan looks to put 30,000 people in that stadium. He says building. I don't think he realizes it's a stadium. But anyway, both of yeah. them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if the Super Bowl puts in more, they'll likely put in more. So if the NFL decides, NFL just did a baby face thing. They're gonna let, they're gonna have like a bunch of tickets for healthcare workers, right? Okay, I didn't see that, but that's all. Awesome. Yeah, that's what they just they said. That's I'm, what they need to do. Damn it! Oh, without question, because people are shitting on healthcare workers like crazy. Yeah. Oh my god, I love I love how people are like, oh, these are my heroes, but they're like, fuck the mask, man. Take your mask and shove it. Well, what do you think you're doing to the healthcare workers when you do that shit? I'm, I'm just tired of explaining that, man. I'm just so fucking tired of explaining that. You know, and this is this is what's happened here locally, and I don't think this is unique to our situation. Um, at least at, at a couple of local hospitals here in a, you know, a pretty fairly populated area, um, they've had to bring in trucks because the morgue doesn't have room for the bodies. Trucks for the parking lot. I don't know if people did really- you, Did you ever think you would see it here, though? I mean, I don't, I don't understand. I don't. Why? Why aren't people absorbing that message? I don't think that really computes to people. They don't have a place to put the bodies like they can't say it at your local hospital, but there's no room for you there. There really I, isn't. There's not. It's I, it's, I, I, I don't know. Well, I, I, the only thing I know, man, is the same old shit. You know, un, until it happens to them, they don't get it. And even sometimes even when it happens to them. Steve's Scalise, it doesn't bother them after it, you know? Um, so, I mean, what do you do? I just, I just hope and I pray that the, that, that the NFL uh, will, and, and Roger Goodell will make the right decision and have Donald Trump at the Super Bowl to salute what he did to help cure this disease. I hope that that's what they do. Because the man, well, I think the paths head in that direction, don't you think? <laughs> the NFL will host. It says here about twenty-two thousand fans at Super Bowl fifty-five. Because I know what LV means. Because I'm smart and I went to school. According to a series of plans announced Friday morning, that total includes free tickets for seventy-five hundred vaccinated healthcare workers, along with fourteen thousand five hundred in paid attendance. The WWE is counted with "fuck you, you're paying, and we need the money." Oh no, no, that's not what. The- yeah, I'm sure that they're going to allow like some of the Special Olympics kids or something. No, oh, that would be a bad idea, though. Yeah, that's a great idea. Why don't we get some of the St. Jude's <laughs> kids in there, too? God, get those, get those kids in there. God damn it. Call <laughs> some special needs kids in that stadium. Well, Vince, that, that could kill them. I don't give a shit. Get them in there. Uh, if the Super Bowl puts in more, the shows will likely be four and a half hours with the First match going in the ring at 5.30 and target ending at 10 o'clock. The Tokyo Dome did two five-hour shows. The second day was tough, as it was last year, as it was to agree with WrestleMania last year. But in the long run, it will be the best for all concerned. Right now, it doesn't look like that plan will be will be the plan going forward. Two nights at four and a half hours leads to better matches and longer matches and higher quality shows than one at seven. Okay. Hold on okay. to that thought. Hold on to that thought because I have a corollary. All right. Dave Meltzer also writes, the reason there's been no television direction for the main matches at Mania and you don't hear anything about them is because there isn't any. The only thing we know is the top Raw championship matches are not locked in. On SmackDown, Reigns has two different opponents that are being considered, so Brian is not a lock. 
And at least as of this week, Nakamura was not one of the two under consideration as of last week, even for the gauntlet. Then again, if you followed the Kingston deal a few years ago and they sense people want something, it's possible to change. And in fact, plans change daily anyway. But with no crowds, while plans will change, the change to Nakamura in that spot will be less likely than, than nothing, if impossible. I hope you followed all that because that was awful. Yeah, that um, was a little that convoluted. Was fighting by Dave Meltzer, who doesn't need an editor at all. They have two four and a half hour shows, and they don't know what they're going to put on. The- <laughs> so it's great that they're going to have nine hours of wrestling, but they just don't know what's going to happen right now. Well, you know, isn't that you know that's that that's what everybody kind of does when they when they make movies and shit. You, you get all the you, you get the. You pay for the lot and you know get the actors, but you're like, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what kind of movie we're going to do. When they spend billions of dollars on a picture, and the investors go, ah, oh, fuck it, just just wing it when you get there. I don't, I don't, I don't care if Ben Affleck just knows what ad lib, just ad lib the scenes. I don't need any writers. Oh, forget it. It's, I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't need Brett Ratner to know what he's going to do in scene number five. I don't care. It doesn't the matter. Hell. Bells about that know. shit. Again, two nights, nine hours of wrestling. Don't know what we're going to do with it. It's like it's like a restaurant going. We're going to have a four page menu, but fucking if I know what's going to be on it, I don't know what's going to be on it. I have no idea. Entrees, but I don't know at all what's going on there. God. <laughs> and I love this. Is the other thing, I got to read that again because it's stupid. It's it's so it's so stupid. This is what they want. Uh, if you followed the Kingston deal a few years ago and they sense people want something. Also, that's what happened with Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30. Is it, they sense that people want something. It's possible to change. And in fact, plans change daily anyway. But with no crowds, while plans will change, the change to not come in that spot is less likely, but nothing is impossible. They don't have any feedback on what's working or not. Because the, the wrestling, the ratings are in the shitter. There's nobody at the, the building to go, yes. That's our guy. Ride that pony. There's nothing. They've got none of that. I, well, I, I think you're right. I, you I know you're idea. right. You got the idea. And by the way, even when they, they say, we want you to ride this guy, see Damian Sandow, they end up not getting getting it right anyway. Bruce said, right. that's another one they got wrong. Like, oh, we need to push the fuck out of that guy. And they blew it. They blew it. Yep, they blew it. They blew well, it. <laughs> I still have those cuts, by the way. Um, God, I, I, I can't imagine it being this close, and they don't have any clue what they're doing. I mean, but then again, then again. So the, the I, you know. The Undertaker was on the Joe Rogan show, and they did like ninety minutes. They talked. Well, it was way more. Was like, yeah, I saw some of that. I saw some of that. Some of yeah. So he asked, he asked him, "How did how did he become the Undertaker?" All that stuff. But they never got into. Hey, I understand the match where you lost your streak changed the day of. What was that story? They, Joe Rogan, the greatest podcaster of our time, who makes seven million dollars every time he farts for Spotify. Can't come with that question for for, for Undertaker when he's in the studio. Hey, you said several several occasions the change, the finish for that match changed the day of at WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans. Walk me through that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, he. Uh, uh, but what do you expect? 
What do you expect? One would be if it changes the day of, then of course there's nothing that would let you know that anything's happened, and they don't yeah. have anything for for WrestleMania yeah. in January. Right now, everything should be focused toward WrestleMania. I know that we've got the Royal Rumble in you know less than a week and whatever, and there's you know, ooh surprises. Can't wait for the surprises. It's but well, so you good. know what though? You know what though? I was looking at the lineup so far. And I was thinking, you know, normally, and it might have been like this last year. I really don't remember. It's so fucking long ago with everything going on. It seems like forever ago. But I don't remember last Rumble. But most Rumbles, if not all Rumbles, y'all, you seem like to always have an idea of who's probably going to win. You know, like generally speaking, yes. Generally speaking, but I'm telling you, man, look at the lineup they got now. Unless I'm, you know, I'm sure there'll be other people added, but there's no clear cut person at all, man. Uh, it could no. be anybody. I have no idea. I have no. I mean, idea. are they really going to run with Shinsuke? Is it, are, I noticed that they were, you know, had him These doing some matches, shit. These are the matches that are locked in for Royal Rumble. Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg for the WWE Championship. Okay, McIntyre defending his WWE Championship. And dear God, if Goldberg wins this, going, I, I, I'll, I don't know. I'm telling you, and they've kind of hidden around about that shit. You know, on 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 uh, on fucking Raw. God, I know. I don't know. For some reason, Vince has Goldberg fever again, and I can't quite figure I out don't what, it. It. I don't know what that's about. This Whatever. Is the other the other match: Roman Reigns defending his championship for the Universal Championship against Kevin Owens. Now, on the other hand, I love this shit. I love the Roman Reigns Kevin oh. Owens stuff. But don't you love the idea that uh, that Pierce goes? I'm going to have a substitute. I'm not going to. I'm not going to wrestle Roman Reigns. Started grabbing his knee. That was great. Adam <laughs> Pierce. And you know what I did like this week, man? I, they they called him Scrap Iron, <laughs> or they called him Scrap Daddy. One of the two. And I'm like, uh, awesome. And so this, those two matches: the Women's Royal Rumble and the Men's Royal Rumble. Now, if you don't know what's going on with the Men's Royal Rumble, you sure as shit don't know who the favorite I, is. For I, the I, Women's I didn't Royal even bother mentioning that. You're right. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's the you same know, thing. Nothing. They got they got zero. They got zilch. They got Bada. I guess they put over. I think uh, I, maybe Bianca Belair. Maybe is she in? I, I didn't they, see. You gave her a big spot last night, right? I like that. That was a, I, I enjoyed that. That was, that was carried good. Otis like forty feet or something like that, which was that was impressive as hell. Let you know that that ass has a lot of muscle in it. That's what Man, that yeah. tells you. And That's she not- wasn't even straining that hard. I know. Holy I mean, shit! It, it wasn't like she was like shuffling down, like Ugh. I mean, oh, she was no. just kind of walking slow, man. She's she's fuck. She's strong. She's way stronger than I thought. If she's got that center of gravity with that ass. <laughs> she she can she can kill, but I don't you know again I don't know who they're pushing I have no idea. Uh, it's hard. I don't know. It's hard those, to tell. But those are the matches that we have now. Okay, with eight days to go to, in the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. And I don't. So know, no, we don't have any kind of tag team matches set up for the, any kind of it. titles or anything. The, the Reigns and Kevin Owens match is a last man standing match, which is a, a stupid. It's a ridiculous stipulation. It's, it's yeah, a dumb, that, I, 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 that one's getting kind of played out. Don't you think that That's last really, man standing you know, shit? The situation that I care about on any of these matches is just have a no DQ. That's all I care about. Right. right? I mean, that's basically what it is. No DQ match, call it, call it a day. Or, you know, no DQ and falls count anywhere. That's Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. You, you 
Pin him out in the quick. audience. Pin him out in the car, in a bar, here or there. Pin him anywhere. I mean, do, do something like that. That's the only shit I care about. Right? I know. I'm, I'm with you on that. That's stupid. Um, hey. uh, yeah. Uh, AEW has filed for a, a trademark for Battle of the Belts. Do you remember the Battle of the Belts uh, specials from the 80s? Uh, you know what? I do not. There was a really great Barry Windham against Ric Flair draw. It was Broadway, and it was really good on one of the Battle of Belts. And I think at least one of those is on YouTube. Okay. For your perusal. They're very good. I, I, I probably maybe even saw it or heard of it back then, but I just don't remember it. Figure four notes that um, – they were 80s television specials from Florida that Joe Coff of ROH produced, one of which was headlined by – there was a match of year contender, Ric Flair versus Barry Windham for the NWA title. Battle of the Belts also was where Keiju, uh, Keiju Muto, a super black ninja, made his U.S. national TV debut before WCW or for work class. Okay, now what, what's the Battle of the Belts? What am I missing? What, what's it was the belt? A, it, it, was, um, it, it was supposed to be title against title and stuff like that, but it was basically a super card with a lot of Florida superstars. I got you. So what was Wyndham? Was he like the national TV champ or national champ? I don't champ know or if he had actually had a, a title at that time or not, but he was definitely he was challenging Flair for the, for the NWA World Championship, and it was great. Okay. It was a really, really good match. Yeah, I remember that. I remember the Flair Wyndham feud there for a while. And those that were was good. on. Those were on. Those were syndicated to mostly UHF stations back in the day. There you go. There, and that's another. I'm thing. sorry, all you deprived people. <laughs> all of you young whippersnappers, get the fuck off my. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good shit, man. Really good stuff. I remember they were doing Battle of the Belts one time on my local TV station, and they were like, "Oh, we had satellite problems. Now we're going to show you like." Two episodes of Swiss Family Robinson or something, Convoy or some shit like that. Convoy. Shit. I said, "Pig pen." This here's rubber duck. We just going <laughs> ain't gonna pay no toll. <laughs> and C.W. McCall actually was the guy that came became Mannheim Steamroller. He was the brains later on of Mannheim Steamroller. No shit, Mannheim yeah. Steamroller. C.W. McCall. Chief wow. Davis was the guy's name. He's probably one of the probably the second richest guy in Omaha after uh, all that guy Warren Buffett. You may have heard of him. Oh, I think I've heard of him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you may have heard. So of him. I remember, you know, Sylvia McCall. I just knew he did all, you know, some of those commercials you probably saw too growing up in the South. That's correct. You know, those like Bunny Bread or something. I don't know what it was, but back in like the mid to late seventies right. dairy or something. That's how they, that's how they came up with the guy. They were Chip Davis and the other guy were like ad execs. And the two of them created the CW McCall character. So he was a, he was one of those before he made convoy then. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Convoy. How about um, that? All elite wrestling's pay-per-view is revolution on February the 27th. February 27th. I did see a match planned for that. That was i I'm actually a little interested in this match. Not a, not the biggest Sting fan, but I am interested in seeing the other two more more or less. Sting and Darby Allen against uh, our boy Starks and Brian Cage. What is the what is the dynamic between Sting? Because I thought they were supposed to be like adversaries. I, I, it's almost like, and I don't know. Maybe I missed this because a lot of times I've been watching AEW with the sound down, so I may have missed some dialogue here. But it's almost like they're wanting it to look like Sting is Darby Allen's mentor, and he's like Sting is passing along the the face paint, you know, fan favorite 
Yeah, and then like a the, gimmick to Darby Allen or something. He's supposed to be dark and mysterious or something like Sting was. I guess, and he's like the the 2021 version of Sting. You know, his yeah, half his snow? face painted and shit. The snow from Sting or not? <laughs> Do what? Oh, when they have the snow, you know, the snow comes. Oh, the snow! Day. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That was a uh, that was Glacier too, man. Don't don't forget about that. Sure, right. Uh, these are the these are, they have as many matches announced for February twenty seventh for Revolution as they do for WrestleMania. So it's Team Taz, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, which should be really good together. Those guys should be awesome together. Yeah, Stark on the Sting, you're right. That's a great match. And then the the Young Bucks against a tag team battle royal winner. That's to be decided. That's what they have. Okay. So okay. Weird, odd, strange. Uh, that that tag team tournament should be interesting too. See where they go with that. See if. You know, now this would be it'd be interesting to see if people will actually buy this thing because Biden's going to have more more money in people's accounts, and then if you file your taxes, you might have your money back by then. So people might be how about more that? Inclined. Yeah, they might be inclined to buy this thing. I don't know. <clears throat> these are these oh. are economic factors that you only hear on the Katie Vick is Alive Live show. That's right. <laughs> you don't just come here for wrestling. Damn it! Economic factors too on this thing. Oh, a uh, uh, quick update. Uh, I did. Find out my check is my my my, ref, my stimulus check is actually coming to my new place that I was worried it wasn't. So oh good, yeah. You know I, when you you know when you change your address, you mm-hmm. go to usps.com or gov mm-hmm. or whatever it is and, and put it in. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, I couldn't help that. So so I put it in there. So you know, so now I get these you know emails every day showing what what mail is coming to my house. You know. I would like a meme of Bernie sitting by your mailbox with his mittens waiting for the check. That's awesome. That's, that's, a, like, that's awesome. I think I should do that. You're waiting for your check. <laughs> your closing thoughts on this award-winning <laughs> issue in addition of so Katie Vick's Live Alive. That's so funny. Uh, no, uh, no I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to um, the Rumble, I think. I think I am looking forward to it. A week from Sunday. So looking forward to hanging with my man. First time that we've there. been together in a while in the same place at the same time. So that'd be cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Looking forward to that. But, yeah. Everything else is just. We'll hang out. We'll upload right after that. We'll do it like a show for everybody. Yes, sir. Our immediate thoughts to the four matches that they now have. For this thing. Sometimes they're pretty raw, too, since they're so uh, soon after. I like it raw. Uh, <laughs> Old Dirty Bastard, right? Should be in your top five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Bryce can be followed on social media at Bryce Sports. That's on Instagram and all on Twitter, B-R-Y Sports. Uh, what is your TikTok again? Uh, Stanley Jackson 23. Stanley Jackson 23 on the TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. I'm on Twitter at Brett Whitmire. I'm on Instagram, beat up for Reels, BDB number four, R-E-L-Z. The show is on Twitter, at Vic Alive. And if you like what we do and you want to support us, you can go to our Amazon store, which is KDVic.com. That is KDVic.com. Until next time, fans, we'll see you ringside. Fans, that'll do it for this week. See you next week. And until then, so long for now.